Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for another opportunity to share your word. We don't take this opportunity for granted, Lord, because your word says where two or three people are gathered in your name, you are there with them. And no, we know, Lord, that you are here with us. And so, Father, we pray, opening our hearts, that you come and teach us that your word will bear fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So, for the past three weeks, we have been discussing the Holy Spirit. We started with an introduction, and then we spoke about the person of the Holy Spirit. Um, Today, I'm going to talk about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And then we'll talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And then we'll talk about the fruit of the Spirit. So most likely next week we'll be talking about the fruits of the Spirit. And that as well is something that we can actually do a series on. But um, we'll just summarize it into one section. And then in the future we'll trust God to handle the fruits one after the other. And so today we are going to talk about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Last week, we explained that the Holy Spirit is a person. And as a person, we need to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Because He's constantly with us, 24-7. He never leaves us. He's always with us. One of of the things, the last point we ended with last week was that when you read the Bible, the Holy Spirit is the author of the Bible. Therefore, when you read the Bible, you are having fellowship with the Holy Spirit. When you read the Bible, you are getting into the mind of the Holy Spirit. For instance, if somebody writes a book on, let's say, finances, or how to manage your, your finances, if somebody writes a book on that, and you, you, you buy this book and you start reading it, you are getting into the mind of the person. You are getting into the thoughts of the person, knowing how or what the person thinks about finances. And so when you read the Bible, you are getting into the mind of the Holy Spirit, who is the author of the Bible, and you learn how the Holy Spirit wants us to live. And that is where fellowship with the Holy Spirit starts from. Reading the scriptures, meditating on the scriptures, making it part of your life. So today we are going to talk about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. By ministry, we mean the service of the Holy Spirit or the work of the Holy Spirit. What the Holy Spirit does in our lives and in the lives of even unbelievers. The Holy Spirit is always working. And so, what is the role of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer? We're going to read our uncle scripture again. John chapter 16, verse 5 to 15. The Bible says, but, I do, but now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because I, they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to the Father. 
and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take off what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take off mine and declare to you. One of the points that we have established from this scripture is that Jesus Christ said that it is expedient, it's it's beneficial, and it's to the advantage of the believers that he leaves. Because when Jesus Christ was on earth, his ministry was restricted to a a geographical location. He could be at one place at a time. But when Jesus Christ left and he sent the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit could be in several locations at the same time. Last week I mentioned that somebody said that it is Jesus, the Holy Spirit is Jesus Christ unlimited. So the Holy Spirit is not limited. He's not restricted to a particular geographical location. Last week as well, we discussed that the Holy Spirit is God. He's not just a person, but He's God. He's the third person in the Trinity. And being the third person in the Trinity does not mean that He's least in terms of rank, but they are all the same. We also said that the Holy Spirit, the Godhead, the all respond to the name of Jesus because the Bible says that in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead and so they all respond to the name of Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 28 when Jesus Christ was leaving he told the disciples that you shall baptize people in the name of the Father he didn't even say in the names even though he was going to mention three entities he said in the name of the Father the Son and of the Holy Spirit but when you read the book of Acts, we saw the disciples baptizing people in the name of Jesus. And so, when you say in the name of Jesus, the Trinity responds to the name of Jesus Christ. So, the Holy Spirit also responds to the name of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that God has given Jesus a name that is above every other name. That at the mention of his name, every knee shall bow. So, in heaven and on earth, every entity... Um, will bow to the name of Jesus Christ. So the Trinity responds to the name of Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, the Bible says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, One of the things that the Holy Spirit is going to do in the life of a believer is to empower the believer. So Jesus Christ told the disciples to go and wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit has come. He promised them before his death. And when he resurrected, he told them, go and go and wait in Jerusalem and you shall receive power. And so the Holy Spirit empowers believers. The Holy Spirit is the power of God at work in a believer. Now, Sometimes as believers, we look at other Christians and we say that these Christians are very powerful. But we can be filled with the same level of power. Like I said the other time, 
giving the example of how power is generated. There is a plant that generates the power and distributes the power. As the power goes into various houses, the power is reduced by gadgets or by certain electronic gadgets. And if, for instance, if you're using a laptop, you first connect the battery. The battery reduces the power or the, the battery regulates the power to make sure that the, um, the exact amount of power that is needed by the laptop is supplied to the laptop. But it does not mean that there is no more power available. There is more power available. But what you, how you connect to that power available determines how the power works in your life. And so the power of God is available to every believer. But how we connect to that power determines what power works in our lives. It takes discipline. It takes us surrendering our lives, giving our all, being focused on God, allowing God to work in us. We can all connect to that level, same level of power. And so the Bible says, all of us who have the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that and you shall receive power and the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and in Samaria. We will get into that, into that, into more detail. We will get into more detail later. Now, the ministry of the Holy Spirit or the work of the Holy Spirit. The first ministry of the Holy Spirit or work of the Holy Spirit, of course, this is not as a an exhaustive list. There could be other things that the Holy Spirit does in our lives. But today we are going to discuss 10, 10 of the things that the Holy Spirit does in the life, in our lives. And the first one is conviction. And in the book of John, the Bible says, John chapter 16, verse 8, he says that, And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to the Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. So one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit or the work of the Holy Spirit is to bring conviction. Before any man can be saved, the person needs to be convicted. And so as you hear the word of God, when you preach the gospel to an unbeliever, it does not take the number of scriptures that you quote. It does not just take how you present the gospel. It does not take the songs that you sing before you preach the gospel. But it takes the Holy Spirit to convict the people so that they surrender their lives. And that's why Paul said that I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God unto salvation. And so as you preach the gospel to unbelievers, the Holy Spirit works through the preaching of the gospel to bring conviction. Before anybody can surrender their life to Jesus Christ, it comes through the conviction of the Holy Spirit. As the seed of the word is being preached, the Holy Spirit uses that seed to bring conviction into the hearts of the people. And so you might have people in your life that you are always advising. You are always advising them using words of encouragement. But because you want them to surrender their lives to Jesus Christ. Those words of encouragement are not enough. Even though they are good, they are not enough. The Bible says the power of God unto salvation or the power of God that brings salvation is the gospel. And so instead of just giving them words of encouragement or words of advice, you rather share the gospel with them. And through the seed of the gospel that you are sharing with them, the Holy Spirit uses that seed to bring conviction to the people. 
So it is not enough to just give good advice. It's not enough to tell people that you have to change your ways. You have to change your ways. But rather preach the gospel to them. Share the word of God to them, with them. And allow the Holy Spirit to bring conviction. It will not take your strength and your effort. It's not by might. It's not by power. It is by the Spirit of God. And so your strength, your advice, how good you are in expressing yourself will not bring a change of heart to anybody. It is the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And so as you preach the gospel to people, the Holy Spirit uses the words that you are saying to bring conviction to the hearts of the people and bring transformation to those people. And so one of the work of the Holy Spirit is to bring conviction. Even to us as believers, when when God puts something on our heart, it takes the conviction of the Holy Spirit to press on. The Holy Spirit convicts you that this, this thing that you are doing comes from God. And you have to um, commit yourself to that purpose. It takes the Holy Spirit to bring that conviction to all of us. And so the Bible says the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin. All of us, before we surrender our lives to Jesus Christ, it was the work of the Holy Spirit to convict us of sin. To make us realize that we are sinners. To make us realize that we need salvation. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. To make us see the work of Jesus Christ on the cross as something that we can benefit from. As something that was done for us and for our salvation. It takes the Holy Spirit to bring that conviction. And so as you share the gospel with other people and you feel like you have shared the gospel so many times but they are not giving their life to Jesus Christ, continue to believe that the words that you are sharing with them from, from, from the scriptures, they are seeds that you are sowing in their heart and the Holy Spirit is going to use that seed to bring conviction and they are going to surrender their lives to Jesus Christ. And so one of the ministries, one of the things that the Holy Spirit does in our lives is to bring conviction. When people surrender their lives to Jesus Christ, it's because they have been convicted by the Holy Spirit. So when you, go to, when you see people in crusades and they come out and they raise their hands, it's not because the preacher was so good, but it's because the Holy Spirit convicted those people and they gave their lives to Jesus Christ. Nobody can come to Jesus Christ except through the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And that is, this is one of the reasons why I believe that during the tribulation, the Holy Spirit will be present. Because if people are going to be saved during that time, it will still take the conviction of the Holy Spirit to bring salvation to those people. <clears throat> now, the second ministry or role or work of the Holy Spirit in, the, in our life is to bring guidance. The Holy Spirit guides us. In the book of John chapter 16, verse 13, the Bible says, However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but what he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. So the Holy Spirit will bring guidance. Guidance is something that we need in our lives almost every day. Because every single day in our lives, we make decisions both small and big decisions. And one of the resources that is available to us as believers is the guidance of the Holy Spirit. While I was telling Lily today, um, this week that 
I, I just started this practice of saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Throughout the day, I just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Co- consciously saying it. And I, 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 it just, I just realized I something that is really good. Because in the midst of everything that is going on in your life, if you just learn to say, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Without, I mean, anything... Um, provoking you to say thank you but you just say thank you jesus it brings peace to you it also shows how grateful you are to jesus i mean some people will say that i mean god knows that i'm I'm grateful i don't need to say it god knows everything but when you continue to say thank you jesus thank you holy spirit it's helpful for you yourself the person who is saying it it's helpful for the your state of mind and the state of your heart it takes out anxiety from your heart and it gives you confidence and trust in the provision of God. And so let's, I will encourage you to also get into the practice of saying thank you, Jesus, throughout your day. Just say thank you, Jesus. Thank you for anything. Thank you for my children. Thank you for my work. Just thank him. Even for if you don't have anything to say at all, just say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It is really a good practice. And so back to my point. We make so many decisions in the week, in the day. And one of the things that is available to us is the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Let's take advantage of this resource that God has given us. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to guide us in our decisions. Every decision that we take in our lives, every decision we take at our workplace, let's seek the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Because one of the reasons why Jesus Christ left or sent the Holy Spirit here on earth was that he will guide us into all truth. When you sit down and you're about to read the Bible, you ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. He's the author of the book. He's the best person who can explain the book to you. And so, you ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. Even though, you see, we say that the first book, of, the first five books of the Bible was written by um was written by Moses. And then you have other books of the Bible where we have Matthew. We have the name of the writers on the, on the book, Mark and all those things, Peter, John, and all those things. But the one who really inspired them to write is the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that all scripture is inspired by the Holy Spirit. So the scriptures are inspired by the Holy Spirit. He is the one who is writing through those people. And so if we want to understand the Bible, we need the help of the Holy Spirit. And so when we're about to read the Bible, or whether it's scripture that you're struggling with, you ask for the Holy Spirit for guidance. Ask Him to give you understanding as you're about to read. And you'll see that the words of the Bible will come alive to you. Your mind will be open to understand what the scripture is saying. We need the guidance of the Holy Spirit in our daily lives, in our study of scripture, in making decisions, let's rely on this great resource, this great person who has been given to help us in this in this life. The disciples, when Jesus Christ was on earth, they will go to him so many times for guidance on issues. They will go to him for explanation, for the prophecies that were written in the Old Testament. And he will gladly explain it to them. And Jesus Christ is saying that even though I am leaving you. He told them that even though I am leaving you, I am sending you somebody who is better than my presence here because he will be with you every time and he will guide you into all truth. And so he was telling the disciples, whatever I am to you today, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will be the same 
person to you. And whatever I am doing for you today, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will do the same thing for you. And so the disciples moved with this understanding and we saw the mighty works that they did. You see, when they were with Jesus Christ, they were just spectators watching and looking at Jesus Christ. But when Jesus left and the Spirit came upon them, they did, they were not just spectators anymore, but they were involved in, in, in ministry. They actually took over the ministry of Jesus Christ because now Jesus Christ came to live in their hearts in the form of the Holy Spirit and empowered them to live their lives and to work for God. And so now they became they became the main participants in the min- in the ministry and not just observers or spectators. And that takes me to the next point. The Bible says that we shall receive power in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. You shall, but you shall receive power and the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria. And so one of the things of the Holy Spirit, one of the benefits of ministries or the role that the Holy Spirit place in our life is to empower us the holy spirit empower us to be witnesses he empower us to live our lives for god our strength to live our lives from god comes from the presence of the holy spirit he grants he makes grace available for us to be able to live our lives and to work for god and so, our strength to be able to do anything in the kingdom comes from the presence of the Holy Spirit. And that is why Jesus Christ told them, after he told the disciples that I'm going, I'm going to come back again. You have to go and preach the gospel. He says, do not go and preach until you have received the power of the Holy Spirit. Because he knew that they needed the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to be able to preach the gospel. One of the ministries of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer is to empower that believer. You could see somebody who is not bold enough to speak. Somebody who might not be so learned to speak. But the presence of the Holy Spirit transforms the person and enables the person to be able to speak and to preach the gospel. And so preaching the gospel does not only come from your knowledge, but it comes from the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us in the book of Acts, that the people were marveled by the wisdom and the boldness that Peter, James, and John were preaching. And they wondered how they were able to do this. Because they knew that these guys were unlearned men. They were just fishermen. But how were they able to preach with so much power and authority? The Bible says, and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Christ. It came through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples, they they became bold to preach the gospel. They went everywhere preaching and telling people about Jesus Christ and performing miracles. It came through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Before the coming of the Holy Spirit, a young lady approached Peter and said, Are you not one of his disciples? Were you not with Jesus Christ of Nazareth? Peter said, no, I don't know him from any place. I have not even seen him before. But after the Holy Spirit came upon Peter, the same person who denied Jesus Christ in front of a little girl preached before 3,000 people and they came to salvation. The same person who denied Jesus Christ now was preaching boldly 
to the to the priest and telling them, are we supposed to listen to God or are we supposed to listen to you? We'll rather listen to God. It came through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit empowers us. And so if you are a believer and you feel weak, know that with the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, you are empowered. The Holy Spirit empowers you to do the work of God and to live for God. Amen. The next thing, the next ministry of the Holy Spirit in our life is to bring transformation. This is Titus chapter 5, verse 3. For we ourselves were also foolish, were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, of whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. One of the things that the Holy Spirit does in our lives is to transform us. The, the verse 3 says that we were all once foolish, disobedient, deceived. We were living in sin and enjoying the pleasures of sin. We were being hateful and hating other people. But when we received Jesus Christ as our Lord and personal Savior, and the Holy Spirit came to live in our lives, our lives were transformed. Now we do not live our lives to gratify ourselves anymore or to gratify the lust of the flesh anymore. Now we are able to identify sin. We, do, we are not deceived. We are not serving our last anymore. We are, we are not envious of other people. When we fall into these things, we know that we don't belong there. Because we have been transformed. Because our lives have been changed by the presence of the Holy Spirit. One of the very important ministries of the life of the, of the presence of the Holy Spirit is to bring transformation to the believer. Is to change your desires, your passion, the things that you want to do, the things that you spend your time doing. It changes your heart and transforms you. And you begin to pursue the will of God. You can tell that everyone who is a Christian, one of the signs that people see is that there is a change in your lifestyle. You change from following after sin to be somebody who pursues righteousness. You change from somebody who fulfilled the, the desires of the flesh to somebody who is pursuing the will of the Spirit. And this transformation comes through the presence of the Holy Spirit. As soon as you accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of your heart. And when the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of your heart, he changes your heart. He changes your desire. You begin to live your life to please God. It's a very important and a beautiful function of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That you see people who previously were bad people, wicked people, living all sort of 
bad lives, doing all sorts of bad things. But as soon as they give their lives to Jesus Christ, these same people who were hard, hard, who were rude, hardened criminals become so pleasant and become nice to people. It is not because of their will, but it is because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. That somebody who lived an adulterous life will change and begin to live a, 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 a life of purity and even preach to other people to live that life and point out to other people that living an adulterous life is evil. It does not come through their will. It comes through the presence of the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that brings that regeneration and rebirth in our lives as believers. And we thank God for transformation, for the power of transformation that we have all experienced, that we have moved from where we used to be. We are no more at, the, at those places anymore. And we are moving towards God. We are moving towards God's um will and desire for us we are living our lives to please god and in pursuit of the um the will of god and in pursuit of righteousness number five i don't think that we'll be able to finish but wherever we, we get to we will we will stop number five the holy spirit indwells the believer we have the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ said that he will live in us. And when he said he will live in us, when he was on earth, he had a body. And so when he says he will live in us, I'm sure that people were wondering how that was going to be possible. Because this was a man who has a body. And he says, I'm going to live in you. But now Jesus Christ is living in us in the form of the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us that the Holy, the Holy Spirit indwells the believer. All of us here believe that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And that is one of the role of the Holy Spirit, to live inside of us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9, the Bible says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? So the Holy Spirit is in us. Without a shadow of doubt, if you are a Christian, you must know that the Holy Spirit dwells in you. The Holy Spirit does not dwell in unbelievers. The Holy Spirit convicts the unbeliever. And when the unbeliever accepts Jesus as their Lord and personal Savior, the Holy Spirit comes to live in them. So the Holy Spirit indwells the believer. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 to 19, the Bible says, that he will grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. So the spirit of God lives inside of you that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith that you may be rooted and grounded in love. So for us to be rooted and grounded in love and for us to comprehend the love of God, it comes through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The indwelling of Christ in our hearts. So one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit is to dwell in the heart of the believer. Number six, the Holy Spirit fills the believer. Well, the, the word fills here means that it doesn't just mean filling something to, um, to the brim, but it means that the Holy Spirit influences the life of the believer. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, 
do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. It means you have to be continuously filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, when somebody is drunk with wine, it's, it, it, it does not, um, it's, it's, it's not um, continuous. The person has to go and drink again and get drunk. The person has to go and drink again and get drunk. The Bible says that we have to continuously be filled with the Holy Spirit. When somebody is, dr- is drunk with wine, the person's under the influence of wine. And so the person will be saying things that they are not aware of. Or the way the person walks will show you that the person is under the influence. The, the, the way the person walks changes. And so you can tell from how the person is walking, but the person is under the influence of wine. Wine has influenced the person's walking. Wine has influenced how the person's talk. Wine has influenced how the person thinks. And so the person's under the influence of wine. And the Bible is saying, do not be drunk with wine. Do not come under the influence of wine. But come under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And so when you come under the influence of the Holy Spirit, the way you think is influenced by the Holy Spirit. The words you speak are influenced by the Holy Spirit. Your way of doing things on earth are influenced by the Holy Spirit. And so when the Bible says, do not be filled with wine, it means do not come under the influence of wine as a believer. Do not let wine command you on how you do your things. But come under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And this is a continuous process. It's not something that we can do just once. It's something that we do continuously. In filling ourselves with the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. On a daily basis. Allowing the Holy Spirit to influence our motives. Allowing the Holy Spirit to influence our So we need to allow the Holy Spirit to be the main influence in our lives. As believers, the next point, number seven, is that the Holy Spirit sanctifies us. The Holy Spirit brings us sanctification. And Second Thessalonians chapter two verse thirteen, the Bible says, "But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren. Sorry, for we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren." Beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and believe in the truth. So the Holy Spirit sanctifies us. The Holy Spirit makes us pure. And so once you are a believer, you are sanctified by the Holy Spirit. The presence of the Holy Spirit in your life sanctifies you. And that's why every believer who has the Holy Spirit is a saint. And it's referred to in the Bible as holy, as a saint. Because the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life sets you apart. The presence of the Holy Spirit in your life makes you holy. Mark you as somebody who belongs to God. As somebody who is cleansed from unrighteousness. As somebody who has been set free from the pollution of the world. And it comes through the presence of the Holy Spirit. This is one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. Number eight, the Holy Spirit impacts the gifts of the Spirit to us. So every one of us who is a child of God, with the presence of the Holy Spirit, has a gift from God that is supposed to be used 
for the serving of the body of Christ and other people. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 to 11, the Bible says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For unto one is given the Spirit of wisdom, sorry, is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles to another prophecy, to another descending of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one as he wills. In fact, this particular passage here, we're going to spend some time talking about it. Um, Hopefully, we don't have to do a series out of it, but we are going to spend time talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit. But the point we are making here today is that these gifts are distributed to each one individually according to the will of the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life imparts the gifts of the Spirit to us. We receive the gifts of the Spirit through the impartation of the Holy Spirit. And this is also one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit. In our lives. Number nine, the Holy Spirit teaches the believer. In First John chapter two, verse twenty-seven, the Bible says, "By the anointing which you have received, by the anointing which you have received from Him, abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you, but the same anointing teaches you concerning all things." And it's true, and it's not a lie. And just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. And so John was explaining to the believers here that the anointing they have received, which is the Holy Spirit, abides in them and teaches them. So the Holy Spirit teaches us as believers. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. The Holy Spirit is supposed to teach us, bring us into all truth, like Jesus Christ said. So the Holy Spirit teaches the believer. Is there any area in the Bible that you need understanding? Is there anything in your life that you need understanding? The Holy Spirit can help teach you. There are people who discovered the ability to do things that they have not learned. Sometimes it's through the teaching of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit teaches us as believers. Number 10. The Holy Spirit makes intercession for us. The Bible tells us that we do not know how to pray. In Romans chapter 8, verse 26, Likewise, the Spirit helps in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray for, as we ought. But the, same, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And so the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us as Christians. The Holy Spirit is interceding for us. And when I say that the Holy Spirit is interceding for us, we should not come to the conclusion that, oh, if the Holy Spirit is interceding for us, then we can go to bed and stop praying. But the Holy Spirit does this intercession through us. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us. For there are, there are things that we need to pray about. Sometimes we do not know exactly what we have to pray about. But as we begin to speak in the language of the Spirit, 
the Holy Spirit, the mysteries, the things that are mysteries to our mind. The Bible says, he who speaks in a unknown tongue is speaking mysteries. His mind does not understand what he's saying. And so he could be talking about things that he needs at that time, which his mind does not know. He's not aware of it with his natural mind. But because he's praying in the spirit, he he is saying those things that he's not he's not aware of. He could be interceding for somebody who he might not know the condition that the person is facing at that time, but the person might need his prayers. And so as he's speaking in tongues and praying in the spirit, he's he will be speaking mysteries, things that he does not know he has to pray for, but the spirit knows. And the Bible says the spirit also makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And so there are things that we, we need to pray about that we don't even know. But the Spirit makes that intercession for us. And this is also one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. And so coming back to this initial scripture, the Bible says that Jesus Christ promised the disciples that I will send another helper. So the Holy Spirit is our helper. He helps us in our weaknesses. When we face and we are confronted by things that are too, uh, that we cannot handle in our own strength, the Holy Spirit is there to help us. He is an, our advocate. It means that He advocates for us. So the Holy Spirit is our advocate, is our helper, and He is our counselor. He gives us counsel. One of the descriptions on the names that were given to Jesus now is our counselor. He counsels us. He guides us. He leads us. He comforts us. And whatever Jesus Christ was to the disciples, he left the Holy Spirit to be that person to us anymore, to, to, to us now. And so now let's take advantage of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Let's make full use of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Let's continue to stay in fellowship. The Bible tells us that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Jesus told his disciples that the dispensation that they were coming into was a better dispensation than the dispensation of the ministry of Jesus Christ. Because he knew that the presence of the Holy Spirit was going to open up the believer to a higher possibility and to a higher um, advantage than when Jesus Christ was present with them. And so as Christians, as believers, let's be conscious and aware. Let's be more aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And let's use the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life to our advantage. Let's, and let's know. I mean, let's be conscious of the fact that the Holy Spirit is a person and therefore we need to foster the fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Shall we pray? Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we thank you for the opportunity to be gathered here and to study your word. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence in our lives. We thank you for opening our eyes to your ministry in our lives. We pray in the name of Jesus that your ministry will come alive in our lives. In Jesus' name. Father, we pray, asking for the help of the Holy Spirit to become more aware his presence in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen.